It is a distinctive cheer that belongs to a dynasty when it comes to national titles at the University of Kentucky. The cheer squad is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to competition. Recently, the team brought home title number 24. I sat down with head coach Jomo Thompson right after returning with that win. We talked cheerleading, of course, but also something you might not know about the head coach, some business ventures he has going that really bring a lot of entertainment to the city of Lexington. From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Well, no other college cheerleading squad has dominated the Universal Cheerleaders Association National Championships like the University of Kentucky. That run started back in 1985 and it quickly turned into a dynasty. Joining me here today is head coach Jomo Thompson. Jomo, congratulations first of all and welcome. How are you? Thank you. It's uh, great to be here and I'm uh as you can tell on cloud nine. so <laughs> There is no rest though for you. You don't really get a chance to celebrate because basketball is still going on, events are still going on, and the cheerleaders yeah. are always a part of that. Yeah, we're looking forward to a big matchup this weekend against Kansas. Uh, the game day crew is in town, so we're excited about that. So just a lot of excitement towards this game and hopefully, you know, cats come out with a win. That's what, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. We talk about a dynasty. We're talking 24 titles after what you all just brought home. That is an incredible feat, Jomo. Talk to me about that and just the legacy that is University of Kentucky cheerleading. Uh, it's a legacy that was in existence before I came here and I was fortunate enough to be uh, recruited to come here by uh, some cheerleaders when I was a cheerleader at the University of Florida. And uh, when that opportunity came about, you know, didn't take any, you know, I didn't hesitate. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I'm so glad that I did because uh, the program is just very special. The alumni that come through there, the character of people, and uh, just a lot of the lessons that are taught uh, through the program. It's been very impactful to my life and very impactful to a lot of the cheerleaders that go through the program as well. You know, I think there's something very special about everything that you just said because, you know, you, I, I do this a lot. I go to a lot of different games covering throughout the country when NCAA basketball is going on for the tournament. And when our cheerleaders come in, I mean, people just stop what they're doing. And I think that's pretty cool to step back and see happen. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Uh, and the, the thing I tell my cheerleaders, you know, the Rupp crowd or the Commonwealth or, you know, whether it's basketball, uh, gymnastics, volleyball, they only get to see us. So when we get to go to the SEC tournament, then they get to compare uh, the UK cheerleaders to others. And I'm like, this is a really good opportunity to shine. And I think a lot of the fans, I always take a lot of pride in that. They always come up and say, man, you guys are the best cheerleaders out there. And it really, you know, it's a really good pat on the back to hear them say that. So they appreciate what we do for uh, the sports teams, for the Commonwealth, uh, and just a big blue nation. If folks out there are listening and you've never watched a competition, um, check it out. It's always playing on TV afterwards. But you can literally hear a pin drop when UK takes <laughs> the floor. Can you not? Yes, yeah, it's very quiet. <laughs> I've mentioned this before. It's kind of surreal. Uh, you know, everybody's holding their breath, including myself, <laughs> as we're watching the routine. And, uh, you know, just hoping that they go out there and execute uh, very solid and good routine. The crazy thing is we train so much for this one opportunity, you know, one day on Sunday, you know, uh, the semifinals, it doesn't carry over. Uh, so you have one shot. And uh, to go out there with knowing that the pressure's on and to del deliver in that moment, you know, that's what we train for. That's what we kind of revel in. And to be able to 
do it and win 24 championships while doing that, that's uh, something for us to hang our hat on. Let's talk about the preparation that goes into this because your athletes, I mean, they are true athletes and I think they have to spend an incredible amount of time perfecting what they do. What goes into getting a national championship routine together? Uh, I mean, it starts with our trial process, selecting individuals who we feel will come here and be successful. Uh, not just, you know, in the gym, but in the classroom as well. They have to be able to time time management to be able to we practice four times a week. They work out with a strength coach three times a week. They're doing nutrition. They're going to class. And then on top of that, we're doing football games. We're doing basketball games. We're doing women's volleyball, uh, gymnastics. You know, we do uh, a lot, a lot of things. So, Time management and a type of a, a type A personality, I guess, is what we tend to attract uh, because those people tend to handle all those uh, things that we throw at them and handle them well. I read where you sort of your coaching style, you coach absolute responsibility in everything you do yeah. and a lot of persistence as well, right? Yes, we do. That's absolute responsibility is one of our pillars of, a pro, of our program. When they first come into the program, we talk to them about you know, absolute responsibility. We talk to them about attitude. Uh, we talk to them about perseverance and then winning, you know, so I call it like our four pillars. And when you're responsible, when you take responsibility for yourself, you know, no excuses, you know, if something happens, you own up, you're accountable to it, and we keep each other accountable. And I think that is uh, something that's very helpful in our program because when we make mistakes or something doesn't go our way, you know, we own up to it and we try to figure out how to move forward from that, you know, and how to be better. And that's what each day is about is trying to be incrementally better. You know, uh, you may have a day where you think you may have not gotten anything done, but the, the fact that you showed up and you worked uh, that day, you may not feel it, but you improved a little bit because you persevered through there. So, you know, those are just some of the lessons we like to to teach. And through cheerleading, uh, those lessons can transfer over as well to life. You know, learning how to be successful in your work career or your interpersonal relationships, those sorts of things. Uh, that's what I kind of consider myself is a not just a coach, but a life teacher. And, you know, I've got a short amount of time to impact a uh, young person. And so, you know, through cheerleading and through dedication to hard work, I feel like we can accomplish that. Do you feel like the old cheerleading coach now because you've been around quite some time and you've yeah. had a number of students come through? How's that feel? Yeah, it's, uh, I tell people I coach a lot of people and I've coached uh, a lot of guys. I've coached uh, twice as many girls. And uh, so it's just, uh, you know, it's great, you know, because when I see them out, you know, they still refer to me as coach, whether now that they're 35 or whatever their age may be. And so uh, to have that kind of title, you know, coach, I think it, means a lot, not just, you know, someone that just tells you to run wind sprints or throw this girl up here or there, you know, I mean, I think it's a responsibility that comes with that. And so I take pride in that. So if I say this about a, about one of your athletes, one of your guys, if I said he's just a physical freak, and that is a quote from you, who yeah. is that? Uh, that's uh John, uh, not John, Josh Marsh. Absolutely. He's that good. guy yeah. went viral. Yeah. That uh, is, he's an incredible athlete. Talk to me about him. Uh, he's incredible. And I almost messed up and said his brother's name because his brother was <laughs> yeah. before and his brother was just uh, as impressive. Uh, but Josh Marsh, yeah, he really is a super talented athlete, uh, great kid, great character, uh, and a great leader for our program. He's been uh, a part of the program for five years now. This was his last year, so it's going to be sad to see him go, but 
some of the things I've been able to see him do uh, in the cheer gym or whether in the weight room is just un- unbelievable. Okay, so let's talk about that. Bench yeah. 225 pounds like 20 times, jump 41 inches, and run um, a 4-3-40. Yeah. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah, and uh, our strength coaches at uh, Nutter Training Facility, they kind of put them through like a NFL combine. And so... The numbers he had when they posted it, it was just staggering, you know, that he has that kind of athletic ability. But his mom was a, a All-American uh, a track runner, uh, I think for uh, University of Illinois. I'm not, I can't sure. remember for sure the school, but I know she was an All-American. So, so he gets it on us. Yeah. He yeah. gets it on us. How did you get into cheerleading? I was uh, in high school. I was a gymnast and a diver. Okay. And uh, when I went to, I went to University of Florida before I came here. And I was there, and I remember my next door neighbor in the in the dorms. His name was Tall. He was a cheerleader, mm-hmm. and he kept telling me I should come and try cheerleading. And I told him I didn't think that was for me, you know, just because of the stereotypical image people have of male cheerleaders. But uh, quickly but surely, kind of lured me out to a practice one day, and I got out there and I saw these big guys throwing the girls up, catching them with one hand, and doing these incredible acrobatic moves and instantly I was hooked because I saw that as a challenge, you know, to be able to balance one girl in one hand. And um, just quickly I became um, very passionate about cheerleading. I learned really quickly. I made the team that summer, uh, the JV team, and then the next year I made the varsity team. And it was at the SEC tournament in New Orleans for the uh, men's basketball tournament where I ran into some Kentucky cheerleaders. And they were like, hey, man, you're, you're pretty good. You should maybe come try out for us. And I was like, okay. And that, that April, I went up and tried out, made the team, and been here ever since. The rest is history. Yeah. That's got to be pretty cool, though, that you had no idea that this was going to be your path. And that yeah. is, it has really created such an incredible path for yeah. you. What's that been like? Uh, it's been great. You know, you just... Like they say, you never know what the plan is that's set before you. So to kind of see it unfold, here I thought I was going to go into like banking or along those lines. And then when the opportunity came up to coach, um, you know, I was looking, my dad was like, oh, well, you should probably take this job or you should do this. And I was ready to step into the adult life, but at the same time I had reservations, you know. And here's something I've... Because, got so passionate about and I've only been doing it for three years and I wanted to explore it a little bit more. I felt like I've always had a knack for, you know, teaching, coaching. Uh, and so I tried it, you know, and became the assistant coach. I did that for three years. And then uh, in the third year, the head coach uh, position came open and I got that and just kind of never looked back. What's your coaching style like? How do you motivate your your kids? Uh, I call them kids. They're students. Like yeah, I call kids. I call them kids yeah. too all the time, and they're adults, <laughs> you know. But uh, I think I'm pretty just laid back, you know. Um, I try to think about how I'd like to be motivated. I'm not motivated by someone yelling at me or you know telling me I'm bad or anything mm-hmm. like that. So just try to be someone that's supportive, encouraging to to the individuals. Again, they're all super talented, so it's not like motivation is really the thing that we need to work on. I would say the most important thing that I feel as a coach is managing egos because I get some of the best people from all over, and they're used to being the best in their area, and so they come to a place like UK, and there's people that are they're great all over, you know, and so now they have to work even harder to kind of, you know, 
get themselves to stand out and shine. And I think it's that kind of drive and that kind of personality that's really led to our success. You all have the best seat to a lot of different yeah. amazing moments. Yeah. Over the years, let's take let's take winning the championships for you guys out off the table. Yeah. What are some of the most incredible moments you've witnessed being able to be with the squad? Okay. Uh, well, Can I'm, you even narrow it down? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, could, I mean, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, Kentucky sports. But I remember... Uh, I think was it 98 and then see all these years start to run together <laughs> for me because of so long but when uh, Cameron Mills hurt his leg and it was black and blue and I remember them icing it up and we were down to Duke like 20 points and coming back and uh, winning that game I remember I think it was I can't remember whether it was Cameron or Jeff hit a shot and I remember one of the cheerleaders one of the guys he stood up because they called a timeout and he put his arms up and you remember the Nestle plunge they used to do he just fell back on the court, like stiff body, and I saw him falling, and he fell, and he got up, and the crowd started cheering. And it was just such a memorable moment because all the excitement of uh, being down by so much and coming back. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was really, really special. Uh, you know, I remember 2012 as well uh, with Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Uh, I mean, just the dominance that we had on display there that was uh, pretty great. And then. This year with the the Citrus Bowl, you know, I mean, getting 10 wins, you know, I, I thought that was a really great accomplishment and to see the players and the coaches, the joy on their faces uh, when they shot off all the confetti at the end. I mean, I think that's just, it's just special. And, I'm, and like you said, I'm right there for all those moments. And so I'm a big sports fan. Those are the things that, you know, really, you know, kind of stick in, stick in my head. Jomo, do you step back sometimes and go, how am I getting to do this? Like, yeah. how is this real life? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very fortunate, you know, because uh, it doesn't feel like work. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy, you know, coaching the kids, getting to go to all the sporting events. Uh, you know, it's a really, really good thing. You all had the opportunity just last year to go to the Winter Olympics. Yes, and, you know, we talk about being on a national stage here, but then to be able to take what you do here at the University of Kentucky and put it on a global stage had to be really special. That, that was very, a very special experience in itself. Uh, one of the things I found, you know, as a coach, it's some of the kids have never even left the Southeastern Conference and for them to get on a plane and fly halfway across the world and just to, for them to experience a different culture, see different things, just kind of see, you know, even though we had like a 13 hour flight, when they get off, everybody's just wide eyed and bushy tail and just excited, you know, like the excitement of like Christmas when you're a kid, <laughs> you know? So uh, just to, to see that through their eyes and then to represent uh, Team USA and represent cheer over there as well. I think it was just a really cool experience to see the Olympic athletes. You know, we got to be, in, we got to, to attend some of the speed skating events. And you know, you see them on TV and then you walk by some of these guys in person and you realize their one leg is as big as like your whole body, you know, I mean, it was, it was just pretty impressive. To be amongst the best of the best, I think is always something that you can, uh, say it's pretty cool. And rightly so that UK should be right there yeah. with the best of the best. I think you have earned it for sure. You went to UK, you're now coaching here, but as you said, you thought you would be doing something else and now you have some pretty cool opportunities that have come your way business 
business-wise. Yes. Um, it's, in fact, on your bio, it says the things that people might not know about me, and that includes that you are one of the owners, correct, in yes. the Burl here in Lexington, and now the Burl Arcade. Yes. That seems a very far cry away from cheerleading. How, yeah. how did that come about? Uh, just uh, two, two of the, my partners right now, uh, they were in a band, and I came to watch them at the space, and uh, they approached me a little while later about <clears throat> maybe taking this space, and instead of it just being a place where they practice, turn it in, into something, like a live music venue. And uh, with the, at the, the time, the whole, which uh, consumed, I think it was uh, the Dame and Busters, which were two places where live music was pretty prominent. You know, we felt like there was kind of a hole, uh, you know, in Lexington for live music. I mean, there were still some, but we weren't getting a lot of the, the great acts that would come through. They'd skip right over us and go either to Cincy, Louisville, or Indianapolis. Uh, and so we wanted to kind of serve that, serve that sector, kind of bring that back, bring back music, have it here. And then also just kind of have a place where people can get together and have a good time. And so that's how the borough came about. In such a great place. I mean, folks, if you have not made your way down to the distillery district off of Manchester in Lexington, it's a really cool place and a lot is happening right now. The Burl is just a really, it's a really cool place for live music. It just has this certain kind of vibe about it. Yeah. Um, we have a great friend that plays there, Grayson Jenkins. Oh, yeah. No, and we Grayson, love yeah. Grayson. And I mean, it, just, it just has the best vibe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it used to be an old Texaco, uh, like fuel, the trains would pull up and unload these huge canisters and stuff off there. And so it's kind of has a shotgun, mm -hmm. shotgun uh, kind of length to it. And it's wrapped in wood. Yep. So it's real intimate. Uh, the wood acts as a great sound baffler. The sound in there is great. Uh, we invested a lot of money in making sure that the music sounds well, the lights, you know, so you can get a really high quality show in a very intimate space in Lexington. You and know? there's something really cool about being down there because you can literally go have drinks, go have dinner, yeah. and walk over and watch live music, and it's, and it's, I mean, literally all in walking distance. Yeah, it's a destination Even spot. eat ice cream if you and want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was on the Lexington Forum, and I was with uh, the owner of uh, Crank and Boom. Uh, and so we kind of talk about that, like how we've just seen the area just kind of developed and it's grown and it's thriving. Uh, and I think, you know, that whole area can be like another Jefferson Street, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and so it's great to just see the kind of businesses that's come up around there and a lot of people coming down there. But you're right. You can come there for the night. You can see a show. You can get some pizza. You can go, I mean, throw axes. You can do it all down there. Uh, and you can do that a couple nights in a row and not, and not get bored, you know. Why the Burl? What, what's the name from? Uh, Burl, you know what happens to uh, Burl Wood, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, one, of the, one of the owners, Cannon, he uh, just really liked that name, you know. Uh, and so we have actually a piece of Burl in the Burl. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, yeah, it's just a you know, good old-sounding name, the Burl. So you establish one place, and you're like, hey, we've got a place right behind us. Let's go with this. And it's now an arcade, and I think that is really special because you have really sought out um, some old-school games, yeah. um, new things, and just another space for people to go and hang out. Yeah, and it's uh, we did 80s and 90s video games to kind of take us back to kind of like my kind of mm -hmm. generation, my childhood. Uh, we have lots of pinballs, uh, and it's just it's just fun, you know, to get get out there, play some pinballs. You know, you can play some Dig Dug, Pac Man, those sorts of things. You got skee ball. Uh, I like if I go someplace, I like not just to sit there and drink. I want to do something. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to have fun, 
And so we thought about combining the arcade along with the bar setting, and it's actually turned out quite well for us. So. What's it been like for you to kind of be in a position where you can give back to, you know, this kind of city that you can now be an entrepreneur and a business owner and sort of be a part of that revitalization here in Lexington? It, it's great because um, being here for so long and just to see, you know, how the, t- how the town has kind of developed and to see people coming in and realizing that, man, there's a lot you can do here in Lexington. This place has a charm unlike any other place. Uh, it's big enough, but yet it's small enough where you still know people and people care about you. Uh, you know, when I was out of town, people were, you know, one of my next door neighbors took up my newspaper for me. I mean, so it's just, it's just great. And uh, I think it's a great place to raise a family. It's a great place to invest in your community. And you can actually see it help people and just see the areas around you become better, you know, better spaces. So I really enjoy that. Where did that kind of um, business side of you come from? Was that sort of something that was sort of always there or something you kind of always wanted to dabble in? Uh, yeah. I've, I've, oh, well, my, my dad, uh, he was kind of an entrepreneur. He has his own, uh, he's an accountant and he has his own uh, accounting firm, uh, accounting business. And so, you know, to see him kind of work for things and do it his own, I always thought that that's a way to be, to kind of be your own boss, you know. And I like that. And I like to create things, kind of like how I like to create a winning cheerleading routine. It's been great to be a part of a team with my partners and we've created a successful uh, business and a successful community around the borough because uh, I think that's one of the things we really build is community. It's a space where anyone can come and have a good time. You know, it's diverse. We have lots of different people come through there uh, and we're friendly, you know what I mean? We welcome anybody. And I think uh, in today's day and age, it's good to see places like that. And so we want to make sure we can kind of keep that. And I feel like that's what Lexington, that's what Central Kentucky is. Yeah, Yeah, Lexington is a special place about that. And I do think that a lot of that has to do with just our city. It has a lot to do with the amazing things that happen at the university and things like, you know, you know, basketball is king here, but cheerleading is also, you know, king too, and football now. And so I just think a lot of people rally around a lot of different things. I didn't ask you when you were talking about cheerleading before, how do you keep coming up with winning routines every year? Uh, do you kind of go back and play off of something that you've done before and how can we do it better? Yeah, we do things like that. And then also we try to beat old Kentucky routines of the past. Oh, you I know? see. So uh, like one of the routines uh, that has scored very well for us was our 2014 routine. And so we try to come, you know, we have this thing where we say tradition over competition. We try not to focus on other competition. It's not like uh, football where you're playing against a team, you know. You're really trying to battle against your nerves. Uh, You're trying to perform uh, a routine and make it consistent. And, you know, so it's kind of like a a mind game, I I guess I would say, kind of like a chess match is getting the kids, getting them worked up, getting them ready to, to do this and do it on call. Uh, that's what we, when, whether you're feeling sick, somebody has a stomach ache, you know, or you're just not feeling it today, you have to be able to turn on that switch and be able to deliver. And so I think, you know, the collaboration of the new kids that come into the program, they all have ideas. I think it's a very collaborative uh, system that we have as well. Even though I'm the coach, I'm not just saying, okay, this is what we're gonna do. I'm like, okay, so what are our ideas? What would you guys like to do here? What would you like to do here? And when you 
involve them in that process, it's always going to be something new and unique because you're getting new faces, new ideas, you know, a new generation coming in, putting their own spin on things compared to where if I just kept it my ideas, I don't think we'd be willing. You let them but, teach you some, yeah, which is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's how it works. You know, we all talk about uh, collaborative workspaces and things like that, and I truly feel that's what we really have when it comes to putting together our routines. Well, two questions I always ask my listeners know that I always ask my guests. Um, I'm a bookworm, and so I like to know books. Like, are there any books that you have motivated you that you love? Yeah, well, I'm. I've just read a book. Uh, actually, I've read it a while ago, but mm-hmm. I tend to come back to it. Sure. And then I just recommended it to one of my cheerleaders. It's called Turning the Mind, uh, Turning the Mind into an Ally. It's a book about meditation mm-hmm. and just kind of how to deal with you know your your thoughts when they start to play on you, like when you start to doubt yourself and things like that. Uh, the author, I believe, is Mipyong Sakyong. Mm-hmm. I believe I, I might have butchered <laughs> butchered his name, but. Uh, and it's just a really good book. Uh, it's very introspective. It teaches you kind of how to calm your mind, how to, uh, you know, I feel like my mind runs a lot. So sometimes to be able to kind of not necessarily turn it off, but to focus on just one thing, uh, you know, so it's really helped me a lot. And it's kind of brought me into uh, meditation and learning to take some time for myself in the morning and in the evening time to kind of ramp up and then you know, wind down, you know, and I think that's very helpful, so. Bringing it down a notch. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It really yeah. is tough because when you're in the business I'm doing, you're being tugged at so many different yeah. ways, and it's really hard to kind of find a little space just to go, it's okay to be quiet for yeah. just a little bit, yeah. right? And then this um, this is called Uniquely Kentucky, so I always ask my guests, what do you think makes Kentucky so unique? Oh, wow. I mean, there's many things. I One of the things I like is... Uh, you know, I live downtown and I have the city feel, but then I can travel like 15, 20, 30 minutes away and just be surrounded by nature. You know, uh, you can go hiking Red River Gorge. I've been down to the Elkhorn, you know. I mean, there's just so many. One of the things I like too, I'm a cyclist, but I'm scared to ride on the roads and I really love the Legacy Trail. Oh, it's perfect. You know, uh, I can, I ride it from my house uh, to the Boys and Girls Club, and then I get on the trail. So that part's a little scary, but they're working on, they're working on fixing that. You're going to have that in a yeah. while. You're, you're yeah. not going to be so scared. Once they get yeah. the finish, it'll be great for you, Jomo. And, and I love that, uh, to get out there and just ride. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a great thing because shortly, they, once you get on the trail, you know, you get past Coldstream. I mean, there's nothing, yeah. out, nothing around, and so it's, it's That's when cool. you can let your mind go yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. Jomo, I appreciate you coming in. Um, this guy has on, I think, one of his championship rings while we're sitting here talking. He's almost yeah. running out of yeah. finger space to wear them all. Um, if you folks are listening to me and you see Jomo, he's always right there beside the squad. Go up and tell him congratulations because they deserve it. They work hard. What's next for you all? 25, of course. Yeah, 25, but uh, we want to you know, cheer the basketball team on. and. Uh, we, uh, we're turning things around, so I'd like to make sure that we're there supporting them and uh, you know, go to the SEC tournament and have a long, deep run into the NCAA tournament. It's always uh, exciting around this time of year to see the cats uh, coming alive, figuring things out, and uh, just really looking forward to a great season. Your squad is something else. Jomo, you are as well because certainly you are driving force behind them. So congratulations. On to 25. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another edition of Uniquely Kentucky. I'm Amber Philpott, and I'll see you on the news on WKYT.